Welcome to day 150 of our third season in Shaped by the Word, uh, the story of the prophets, reading through Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah, of course, is known as a weeping prophet. And when we follow the book of Jeremiah with a book that he has written called Lamentations, where he, he, you know, he cries tears over the, over the waste of the city of Jerusalem and the judgment of the city of Jerusalem and the fact that the people have been too hard, you know, to hear God's word and respond to God's word and to turn, you know, turn to him. Rather, they have faced the inevitable judgment that comes from uh, rejecting God and rejecting his way for their life. So when we come to you know chapter 7, uh, you're going to see how they continue to go through all the motions and their worship of God, but they are mixing in so many things from you know the cultures around them uh, that they're absolutely indistinguishable, indistinguishable, you know, from the culture. And of course, that is a big fear that we have that uh, we're in the world. We begin to look more like the world than being salt and light, you know, to the world. And of course, that's what's taking place here. So we're in Jeremiah, in a chapter seven, and uh, as we read. Uh, Always, and you know, I don't mean to make this a cliche at all. Uh, there's just a sense when we come to you know God's word, we realize how gifted we are that we have a God who speaks, and a God who's revealed His heart, and a God that invites us to Himself so that we might walk in His ways and experience His rest. And we never you know, want to take that for granted. We always come to His word expectantly that He, through His Spirit, will do His work in us to restore and renew and build us up in Christ Jesus. So as we read, Katie, you mind lifting us up? A word of prayer. Absolutely. Oh, Father, forgive us for um, often coming to you and not being expectant um, for your your spirit to be at work in us. Um, so often we can come in prayer and... Um, and talk to you out of obligation, talk to you um, with just hardness of our hearts. Um, so I just confess that and, um, and just ask that you would, you would do a work in us um, and, and those listening today, God, that you would work in our hearts, that you would um, reveal sin in us and where we have hardened our hearts where we have um, rebelled and and done our own thing and father would you um, would your kindness lead us to repentance and would you help us to to walk in in your grace the grace that we have uh, that has been poured out on us by the blood of Jesus um, these are truths that we hear constantly but um, can it's just crazy how we can grow um, calloused from it. So, Lord, would you um, just penetrate our hearts with with your truth today? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Jeremiah 7. And this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all ye people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says, the God of Israel. 
Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I give your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words, that are worthless will you still in murder commit adultery and perjury burn incense to bell and follow other gods you have not known and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say we are safe safe to do all of these detestable things has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you well, i've been watching declares the lord now go to the place in shiloh where i first made a dwelling for my name and see what i did to it because of its wickedness of my people while you were doing all these things, declare the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave to you and your ancestors. I will thrust you away from my presence, just as I did all your fellow Israelites, the people of Ephraim. So do not pray for this people, nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. Do not see what they are doing in the towns of Ju- do you not see what they are doing in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, the fathers light the fire, the women knead the dough, and they make cakes to offer to the Queen of Heaven. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to arouse my anger. But am I not the one? Uh, but am I the one they are provoking? Declares the Lord, or are they not rather? harming themselves to their own shame. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on man, on beast, on the trees of the field, and on the crops of your land, and it will burn and not be quenched. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifice, but I gave them this command. Obey me, and I'll be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all that I command, then it may go well with you. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets, but they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. When you tell them all this, they will not listen uh, to you. When you call to them, they will not answer. Therefore say to them, This is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Cut off your hair, throw it away, take up lament on the barren heights, for the Lord has rejected and abandoned this generation that is under his wrath. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's finally a you know a point of no return. Mm-hmm. And of course you hear you know, you hear God's woeful lament. I sent you prophets again and again and again and yet you would not listen. And it's finally come to a place where judgment is inevitable. So now is not the time you know, to cry out. Now is not the time you know, to pray on behalf of this people uh, because the moment has come when I'm going to turn my back on them. And what a, what a horrible thought. You know, throughout the New Testament, I mean, throughout the Old Testament, you know, God turning his face toward us is a sign of both intimacy and blessing. And here turning his back is one of judgment and distance. And that um, that verse 
I guess verse 11, has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? Which absolutely pointed me to when Jesus says, you know, my house has become a den of robbers. I mean, it's like word for word. And it it, it shows me, and I'm sure there, um, there might be other meanings too, but it definitely shows me just how, like when you follow the narrative of scripture, like after the exile, after this judge, this specific judgment, I mean, with Nehemiah, like they they rebuild the wall, they rebuild the temple, and and yet Jesus, when Jesus comes on the scene, he's there. The people are still treating his house as a den of thieves, and to me, it shows just how much we needed Jesus. I mean, there was a cycle of judgment. There was a cycle of renewal. There was uh, so just over and over and over again. And we needed Jesus to be the one who took on that punishment, took on the judgment so that, I mean, we couldn't do it on our own. Like it's just, the, it's just a awful cycle, destructive cycle. So, but, um, yeah, that, I mean, that pointed this whole chapter just points me to our absolute need for Jesus. There was something, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was later in the chapter, um, that just reminded me how absolute, like Jesus just, we need him so much. I know that sounds so silly to say, cause we, uh, we know that, but, um, this chapter really just pointed me towards that. Now, there is a pattern here, and of course, it's uh, these are embedded patterns in Scripture, or you know, uh, types that you know point us you know, point us forward. And so, whenever Jesus you know comes in the temple, uh, you know, he said it has become a den of robbers. We usually just associate that with you know you guys are you know changing money and getting profits off of the sacrifice, but he's really pointing to the deeper you know sense of the nation of Israel. You know, there's become everything that Israel was in the time of God's strictest judgment on them. And matter of fact, you know, what is about to happen is is going to be one of the most cataclysmic events in the life of the people of God where mm. God does turn to them in judgment. And, and the reason is not just because they've made a profit on sacrifice. If you go into verse 5, change your ways and your actions, deal with each other justly. If you do not oppress the foreigner or the fatherless or the widow, you do not shed innocent blood in this place. And if you do not follow other gods you know, to your own harm, uh, then I'll let you live in this place in the land I gave. So it's the whole idea of indifference toward the plight of others, the least of these among them. And you're seeing the same pattern repeated in the New Testament. And again, in the New Testament, you see God's judgment poured out in an ultimate fashion, but not on the nation, right. on himself, on the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a it's a amazing you know disposition the judgment that you deserved you know that came in the exile uh christ has taken upon himself well it's it's so easy to read this and think that man look at how bad israel was back then like of course judgment was coming and to almost read this to read ourselves out of this Mm -hmm. you know as if we don't do the same things i think in verse 9 you could say you know, even to us, would you steal and lie? Would you, you know, gossip about your neighbor and cover th- covet their things? Would you sacrifice to mammon, you know, and, and then come and, and stand before God in his house and say, we are safe. He's merely useful to us. You know, I mean, that, yeah. that is essentially what they're doing is their sins are being laid bare and, and yet God is just merely yeah. useful to them. And mm-hmm. and that's the, you know, the, the tension for us is, 
we, we don't want to fall into that category where Jesus says, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, and so the call that God is calling them here is to repent and turn to him. It's, yeah. it's, it's a recapturing of their worship. You know, it's the same thing that, that we no doubt. are called to. And you stand in this place and say, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, mm-hmm. the temple of the Lord. Uh, we're highly active in church, we, you know, in community. We do a lot of things, but our our, our hearts, you know, genuinely soft, you know, before Him and, and, and listening to Him. And then, you know, obviously we can pick out some sins that uh, were in Israel, you know, that uh, go beyond anything we've personally done. But at the same time, we see the seeds of those very things in, in our hearts and in our lives and in our in our waywardness. And something we talked about earlier in the week, it's, it's usually those small steps, you know, that eventually lead us to the hardness that sometimes can, you know, manifest itself in, 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 in really horrendous, you know, sense of apostasy. But coldness and indifference, you know, toward the things of the Lord is, is just as deadly and is just as dangerous. No, that's one of the things I've been realizing just in my own life, and I guess I'm late to the party. I'm, I'm usually late to the party with a lot of things but so much of my christian upbringing was just like making sure i said a certain prayer at a certain time in a certain way and yet when i'm looking at the heart of scripture it's so much bigger than that it's not just about that one thing i did at a certain age but it's about this reforming of your ways obedience to the fullness of christ and his scriptures you know he talks about that later you know i gave you the command of you know uh, obey me and, and obey my commands and that's the same thing christ invites us in when you enter into that path of discipleship is you know in the great commission like teach them to be obedient to all i've no, commanded absolutely and he lists what some of those things are and they're not the things that i think about when it comes to obedience you know not oppressing the foreigner taking care of the fatherless the widow my obedience is often church things and yet i think the scriptures are calling me obviously it's, it's a lot of those things yeah but to other things as well that I've neglected mm-hmm. as obedience to yeah, the Lord. You know, usually we think of, you know, morality, you know, and, uh, you know, in religious, you know, rituals. So we go to morality and ritual uh, where the heart of the law has always been a deep effect, an affection toward God and a deep concern for neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what they're missing. You know, both of those. In other words, they've missed big on both sides. They're doing the things of God without a deep affection for God, mm-hmm. and uh, they do not have the heart of God uh, for the least of these. And, and so it's a big mess, you know, right, you know, right through uh, the middle, even though they're saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, mm-hmm. temple of the Lord. Uh, David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we ask for your help because we desperately need it that you would help us to reform our ways and our actions and and that we would live um, not trusting in deceptive words, but live in light of your word that you've given us and that, that through your spirit we would really change to be your people, to live your ways out here in this time, in this place, in this city, so we see many men and women come to know you and that we would find the joy of of obediently following you. We pray us all in the name of Jesus.